Hello, welcome to a, another episode of Bullet Points, the Metal Gear Solid specials. I am co-host Ed Smith, joined, accompanied by my... Uh, oh, fuck, I forgot his name now. The the, 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 the something... No, no, I was going to say the something to my Don Quixote. Sancho... Sancho... Oh. Well, you can do it. I can't. Sancho. I, I want to say like Sancho Panza, but that's a German word for tank. Well, not Panzer. Now what I'm is it? confused. Yeah, you're confused. I've no, thrown it's... the show already off kilter with a literary illusion. It is SP. This is going to bother me. I know. I, come on, man. Let's just hear that... someone typing. Let's come on. You look. You look it up. Uh, I read Don Quixote. Did you? I've never, I've never even started it. I've only ever seen. You know what? Go on. I was intimidated. Yeah. But I thought I want to read this. Yeah. Because, you know, it's important. It is. It's, it's uh, endured. It is, it is Sancho uh, Panza. I was right. It is Sancho Panza. Yeah, you are right. Maybe it's just okay, the way so... you said it with your horrible, nasty English accent. <laughs> we don't, we don't do pronunciations. We don't do dialect and an accent. Uh, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fillets, fillet of fish, yeah. But we do say buffet. Mm. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, we... I'm gonna, I'm gonna start over. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna keep all this in the show. I'm keeping all this in the show. But I'm just gonna start again, um, just to give people a, a sort of behind the scenes look at how the magic happens here at Bullet Points. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna start again. Hello and welcome to Bullet Points. My name is Ed Smith. I'm the co-host. I'm joined by the Sancho Panza to my mm. Don Quixote, Reed Macarta. Reed, how are you? I'm riding my... What's his name? Rocanante. I don't have to look that one up, right? Yeah, let's not Rocanante. start a third time. I, I don't know, <laughs> but if you don't know it now, forget it. Eeyore. It's, it's, it's Eeyore, and that's why he's so sad, because... Yeah. He knows his owner is delusional. Uh, what, yeah, what I was saying, um, Don Quixote, uh, a good book, not not a difficult read. It's uh, okay. Timeless, uh, funny, yeah. very funny, colorful and interesting. It's too long, you know. I'm gonna go back in time and tell Cervantes, um, you know, you, there's a bit of flab here. Mm. You don't need all of this. Well, but well, look, look at this segue. Like all great artists. From 15th century, I think it's 15th century Spain, to, or maybe it's 16th century, oh Christ, to uh, 2015 modern world, Hideo Kojima, Miguel Cervantes, two, two, both cut from the same cloth, geniuses, um, auteurs, or sorry, it's pronounced authors, auteurs. Authors, um, or, and it's, it's not geniuses, I think it's genii. Genii. Authors, um, expansive intellects, uh, <laughs> groundbreaking visionaries, who you know sometimes have a habit of just going on a bit too long. Mm. The Phantom Pain. Going on, going on about four or five games too long. If you include, mm. if you include spin-offs. If you include spin-offs, God only yeah. knows. Yeah. I don't think we needed Don Quixote. The secret third volume, Revengeance. So to, no, no. 
<laughs> Don Quixote survive. When Sancho turns into a cyborg. Today we're talking about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Pain. Uh... <laughs> the metal gear solid game from 2015 so this is the this is the last in our series of promotional podcasts for the book okay hero we'll discuss that more towards the end and we are going to be trying to bring together all of our discussion i think on metal gear solid whilst also focusing in on the i'd like to say final game in the metal gear solid saga but there was Metal Gear Survive. There's likely to be others. So I don't know where that leaves the world of Metal Gear Solid. Unresolved, would you say? Or do you say resolved? Story that Let's get into it. It's a sto- uh, it was resolved at the end of 3. It was well, resolved that at the is, end of 2. I, well, see, that, I think, is a springboard for perhaps the most urgent discussion on Metal Gear Solid 5, which is... Well, I don't exactly how to start it with a single question, but I can certainly start... This game is a waste of time. Yeah, I can certainly start it with a statement, and there's one. It's a waste of time. I I agree almost completely uh, because I don't really know... I finished this game... Maybe in, in like 40 or 50 hours... And Mm -hmm. even then I hadn't actually finished it because then you have to... It it awards you points for the completion of each mission. And then once Mm -hmm. you reach one, quote, ending, you then have to go back through all of the missions and make sure that you've achieved a certain amount of points in each one in in order to progress into the kind of epilogue section of the game, which is in itself about another 10 hours. Uh, and then leads to the actual conclusive conclusion. And I think that most people listening to this would hear that description and hear that explanation of how this game works structurally and just think, well, fuck that. Just on hearing it from me would think, fuck that. And then after playing it for 50, actually playing it for 50 hours, the process, I never finished it. I never got to that ending. I got to the first ending, felt like I had had enough watch the rest of it on youtube um because i was not getting enough back it was a long walk for a short i reviewed this video game game. so i was under professional obligation to see why it was going to continue (laughs) i remember sending uh messages to an editor we we shared at the time since who uh sending messages being like uh, i don't know when i'm gonna be done it's either tomorrow or it's a month from now i have no idea what's going on here there is no sense of structure there any sense of structure fell apart after it ended once and then said next time on gave a five minute montage that really shows you 95 percent of everything that's going to happen and then asked you to continue playing for at least 10 hours if not more um that, that was torturous i think that was this yeah that was that was horrible this is not this game is anything else you want to say about it and i know there are some things that we should talk about that are worthwhile in this game i think um but they are so small in the grand scale of just what a mess 
I think mess is like the best. Last <coughs> you allergic to. I'm allergic to Metal Gear yeah, Solid. Man. My face has been puffed Lucky up massively. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Th this game, I think, is for all the faults um, of previous Metal Gear games. They felt. Uh, I mean, the the ending of Peace Walker, or yeah, of Peace Walker, is like a warning of of what this game was going to be, in terms of just like just meandering around not sure how it's getting to the point it, want to, it wants to get to and this game I think is even more just kind of fucked up feeling and not and there's this whole and we'll have to get into it there's this whole you know very I think generous reading of this game that all of this is intentional um, but I think there's this game goes to such a far point with this stuff that it's I don't know. It just feels like a first draft of something where someone nodded off mm. and the keyboard just kept hitting, like, I don't know, the number seven and filled 50 pages and they printed it. Mm. So that's good. It feels, um, it feels to me like the spiritual, um, sort of antonym of the first Metal Gear Solid. I think that the first Metal Gear Solid released during an era where what's nineteen ninety eight, so that's an era where you have games like Half Life and Quake and uh the original Medal of Honor and Grand Theft Auto and so on. And what releases is a stealth game with themes about nuclear war and soviet russia and cold war history and etc etc um and it felt extremely against the grain and different and contrary to a lot of preve uh, prevalent taste whereas metal gear solid 5 feels like like it's it's being subsumed by so many expectations of modern games it feels really not derivative as such but like it is being forced not even forced like it is quite willingly going into the mold of games around it whether it whether like metal gear solid as a kind of subject fits that mold or not it's being worked into it it doesn't feel uh like it's uh, sort of iconoclastic or something it it feels really safe. so i think that's true on some levels and not true in others i will say like when i played this again and i wasn't super looking forward to it because i think it's just such a i was glad to have played it because i've enjoyed so many metal gear games and i'll always even in like whatever perverse interest i will always be curious about kind of what uh, whatever studio Kojima is, is directing for and whatever his old team is involved with and even if they you know shout out some horrible uh, Metal Gear made by well no whatever Survive was garbage but it was made by a lot of people who were involved with a bunch of Metal Gear games um, but I'll, I'll always be interested uh, just because there's something about what's there's like a license to be strange uh, with Metal Gear that I mm. think 
especially with the way a lot of mainstream games are now is it feels like maybe there's nowhere else you're going to get that kind of oddity or that like specific kind of oddity um so i mean there are things about the phantom pain that i think are interesting where you can see some of what what they're trying to do is a departure that still keeps the spirit of the games um i think i know a lot of people uh don't like it but i think the intro to the phantom pain is actually really strong i think it's like disorienting and uh really brutal in a way that uh sticks out from the previous games um and is sort of like has that weird sense of humor to it too like here's a hospital full of people being massacred in the hallway and also here's this guy's ass crack sticking out of his hospital gown you know and it's um which is like the kind of thing that is like you're not for better or worse you're not going to get that everywhere else um it's not going to work the same way but then the design stuff is i think ground zeros as a proving point for the idea of these more wide open levels um makes sense and i think there are moments in this game that make sense but i think the just endless list of objectives and collectibles and like the meta layer thing of like growing mother base um it all feels very safe and like just weirdly like watery for a metal gear game which never feel like there's mm-hmm. like like what you're saying they never felt before like they were trying to chase other stuff i don't know it just kind of feels like a project that didn't work you know it's the kind of game that i actually quite deeply resent just because i am so untouched and unmoved by it that every opinion i could give is just going to sound but every opinion i can give is going to sound flippant and facetious and like aloof like if you ask me my opinion on metal gear solid and i say i don't have an opinion or i think it's completely um like benign that sounds like i'm just being hyper judgmental and like dismissive but that is authentically like take judgment out of the equation take like quality judgment out of what i'm saying and i think that metal gear solid 5 is a you know it's a production i i i i i there are opinions about it that i could sort of feign for the benefit of conversation but and i will and i will feign them to an extent i will like affect um interest in this game to the point where it's going to provoke discussion but honestly (laughs) i don't hang up on the call i i i didn't it's not Honestly, like, but it's not even a case of I've not thought about it since I played it. I wasn't thinking about it while I played it. I, I really can't tell you anything about this game despite playing it for 50 to 60 hours. I can't tell you anything about this game that's going to make it sound like particularly exceptional or particularly distinctive. I feel like I could describe this game in excruciating detail and still sound like I'm describing uh, a Far Cry or an Horizon Zero Dawn or a 
an Assassin's Creed. I mean, I know, I know that there are certain quirks of style, and I know that there are certain Metal Gear and Kojimisms, right? And I know that there are there are there are a few kind of flashpoints throughout the Phantom Pain where you think you kind of wake up occasionally, like you you, you sit up in your chair occasionally, but I think even that goes for a Far Cry, goes for an Assassin's Creed, goes for uh, an Horizon. I. I, I just to me it was like so it is so serviceable um, which makes it yeah like as I was saying before it makes it antithetical to, to the other Metal Gear Solid games even the ones that we haven't discussed on this show and, and not in the book I, I, I think that even some of those spin-offs have, have got like more personality and almost more Re heart. like Revengeance um, definitely does like that, that game is really does. yeah you know whatever you think of it i i like it it's been a while since i've played it um but that game is like just sort of like yelling all the things it's thinking about at you constantly it's loud and very <laughs> very committed to doing what it's doing the phantom pain actually i think occupies this weird position between sequel and reboot um, where it, it's it's an interesting one for me because it feels like a reboot in so far as like all the characters look different as they have done previously. Uh, Snake has a different voice, you know, he's played by a different actor. Um, you've got these figures that have appeared in other Metal Gear Solid games as maybe like villains or as like corpses who are now back. And it, it, it feels like a kind of reimagining of the Metal Gear Solid series. Also, the way that it kind of introduces like world mechanics, the themes that it's discussing, it feels like a Metal Gear Solid for people who haven't really played any of the others. Um, at the same time, I think it's mired with its own fiction and its own L.O.R.E. lore. And I think that trying to play the game as somebody who has never really been interested in Metal Gear Solid previously would be intimidating and you'd constantly feel like you're I, missing I think, something. Wouldn't you just but then get through that intro and go, Wow, this is strange and then ignore it because what is there, maybe like six hours of of things it's gonna force you to do that aren't just sort of running around. Yeah. Yeah, most of the game is actually, I think, quite disconnected from uh, like a narrative or, or a world so much. Um, it is like a kind of... Most of the game is a side mission in that kind of, like, you know, um, like dictionary definition of a side mission sense. Um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, exploring, you know, a generic environment, completing a generic objective against generic enemies. See, what I think though is that, with like realistically, like a fifth of kind of the the runtime of this game, there's something at the essence of it, and then with like a little bit of reshaping of the way the narrative plays out because it it's kind of flopping all over in, in different ways this there is something to this game 
Um, I think Ground Zeroes, uh, at least aesthetically, is like pretty arresting when you go and this is the game saying like here's our Guantanamo here's our and it's it's going for the throats after Peace Walker of saying like we are grappling now like full on with the war on terror using specific imagery um, that is meant to paint uh, America certainly but you know, a lot of the countries involved uh, in the West with this as monsters, as something like almost demonic. Um, and to me, I think that's fascinating. And that seemed to be, because it was ground zeros and then how long was it between? It was like a year and a bit, right? Maybe a year and a half. Mm. And the Phantom Pain, um, I've always maintained, I think the Phantom Pain trailers are better than the game in terms of like getting across the mood of the game. These great trailers mm, with like mm. that, uh, some new order song, I think. Um, and there's one with that, uh, Oh God, tubular bells guy, right? Yeah. Mike Oldfield. And they're like, they're long. They're essentially short films, but they show you everything that is, <laughs> is striking in the phantom pain. Um, it's like the mm. phantom pain. It's like those trailers are like, you know like coke syrup and then the phantom pain is like gallons and gallons and gallons of water that like makes it so that you just get a little taste of it here and there. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. so i think there are certain things about it and i think there are certain things about the way that they try to use these more open environments and try to use repetition um for small missions where you're kind of coming in coming out dipping in dipping out of these war zones that I think is really interesting. And I think, I mean, this stuff is, I, I think Skullface and his plan is one of the most sort of like beautiful Metal Gear logic um, kind of like approaches to like political theory um, and history mm-hmm. like done through a guy named Skullface who made a virus that attacks language, like different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that stuff's, great um i think it's it's hard though and i'm completely on board with you saying you play this game and you can play ground zeros i mean ground zeros ends with something that's fucking so dumb one of the stupidest things in metal gear um with pause and her second bomb Mm. um and of course like he can't handle sexual assault as is in his stories like with anything other than this kind of like tarantino glee over like shocking you um even tarantino's better than him with that stuff um but i think you can start playing this game and for the first few hours you're thinking this is really something like this is and but the longer you play it it's like almost this strange feeling where the game is like like well what happened like you stopped it's like if you're reading a really great book and then just like then you're just describing a character sleeping or waking up and eating in utilitarian language for like 300 pages and occasionally you get a good scene it's like Uh, just hard to feel anything you know uh, sorry i was it is no you're right it's numbing um 
It reminds it's a, a slightly strange comparison. Actually, I've got two points to make. I'll make this one first. There is a slightly strange comparison. Did you ever play Resident Evil yeah, Zero? A little bit of it. Okay. So Resident Evil Zero is a game where I challenge anybody to like tell me off the top of their head what you're, you're doing a train. in the game and why at any given moment. And, and then you start so, playing. Yeah, and th there's like two... Because it's boring. There's about two to three hours of game between every sort of 30 second cutscene. So there's like very little sense of, you know, direction and um, structure and whatever. And that's, you know, contained in a sort of nine or ten hour game and it feels like you're roaming a lot of the time without really having any sense of what you're accomplishing or trying to accomplish and i think you're absolutely right that metal gear solid 5 besides the sort of ludic and numerical accomplishments of reconstructing and developing and enlarging mother base and also your private army and then accumulating kind of in-game resources it's hard to know it's, it's sometimes very hard to tell what your current assignment as a player has in connection to the game's but that's, ambitions. So like, I just, I don't want to lose this. This is like very brief point, but I think there are points when that feels good, when that feels like what it's saying is that here is, here are these characters who are working to, you know, essentially strike back at this like, arm of the american government that turns out to be you know also the arm of the patriots before the patriots and by snake and his people essentially building an army and becoming a global power again they get lost in what their objective is by just sort of like getting bogged down in small things that are questionable morally and become like very just like abstract to everything else you know I, and i feel like that is it's it's like you are rescuing some scientist well or, or someone and it's all contracts based on cold war yes yes and no but i i i never had any compunction about what i was doing in Mount gizzle if i and i would i think of myself as like quite a moral and aware person in terms of you know the historical um, consequences of military action here, there, and everywhere, um, and I never, I never felt my heartstrings being tugged particularly. And that again, that's that that is maybe due to being numbed by but, the sheer kind of quantity. Well, that's that's what I mean, though. I think that's why but, it doesn't function because I think it wants you to feel numb, and then it wants you to think about why you feel numb. In in a way that's not Spec Ops, Bioshock, whatever. I think it's trying to say. Yeah this is how easy it is to feel invested in building something at a certain cost and you're not looking at real problems as or problems that they're trying to tell you pretty blatantly in those tapes and everything are are people are suffering right and you are sort of capitalizing on their suffering in order to enrich yourself and i think it wants you to forget that for periods of time and then remind you and kind of slap you and say like what are you doing you know but i think it's so spread out that you have to give so much to the game to get that from it. Like you have to really, I think I didn't feel anything while I was playing it. And I didn't feel anything about the fact that I wasn't feeling well, anything. Yeah, that's and I'm, the end result, right? Uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I can be, I can be conscious about something when it's operating on those layers, when it's trying to make me think about 
even like my lack of thinking. Um, but Metal Gear Solid Five. I think I said at the start, you know, just take judgment away from it because I don't have like a strong judgment on the game. When I say like it, it feels like it's distracted, and like it never um, give me gave me any cause for sort of um, introspection. That's not even me saying whether it's good or bad. Uh, to me, that's just a description of what it was like to play it. And I think that it, it comes from a sending you out on those uh, quite repetitive missions. Now I know that what you might argue, or what could be argued, is that being sent out on repetitive missions is supposed to mirror a certain like pattern of existence that would set in on a character such as the one you're playing, like a career soldier. Like you'd, you'd reach a point of familiarity where killing becomes routine, extracting a scientist becomes routine, destroying a super weapon becomes routine if you're a soldier for long enough. And arguably that's a comment or a portrait of the benumbing effects of war. But I, I don't feel like that's a particularly effective way to deliver that message. Like just by, just by recreating, like replicating that pattern. Because, no, no, no. sorry, I feel no, like- No, no, I was just gonna on. say, I- agree with you um i think also what i was trying to say sort of before is that you i think can accomplish these things more fully by portraying them with more restraint uh, absolutely and and delivering them in i think in abstract and in um like in, in a condensed form as opposed to just trying to kind of replicate it not exactly one to one but instead of trying to, you know, make the player feel like they're experience re experiencing repetition, I feel like it's better to try and sort of distill what ex what repetition actually feels like. Um, the other thing I was going to say is I have this extremely broad general theory. You might hear people say like every every film should be shot in the autumn. I kind of feel like every shooter should be set indoors, or maybe even every video game should be set indoors, with a couple of exceptions. I think that with Metal Gear Solid Five, it just the, the 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 landscape, the environments that you occupy. I don't think they can sort of sustain your interest because they're they're bland environments. Uh, possibly in reality, you know, if they're trying to copy them in reality, I don't know whether like the Afghani desert is necessarily the most like visually stimulating thing after fifty hours. Um, but it certainly isn't in a video game or at least how they've rendered it isn't particularly stimulating the other thing though is that I think when you when you're filming or filming when you're making a game that's set outside uh, there's a higher expectation towards sort of diversity in terms of flora and fauna and then there's a higher expectation in terms of realism so people will expect you know sun to rise night to fall they'll expect birds in the sky they'll expect a variety of plants they'll expect this that and the other and I I don't think that, to my mind, any video game has ever struck me as realistic. Whereas when you have a game that's set indoors, I think you can make a sort of interior behave much more as you imagine it, as opposed to an exterior. So if Metal Gear Solid V sort of fails as a examination of consequences of 
military action or long-term existence within a military system i think partly it's because it takes place over environments that i find extremely unconvincing i think that the way that the guards behave in these environments is unconvincing even more so than like a, a metal gear solid 2 i think that um the way that you're able to sort of find your way around these environments is unconvincing the way that like you can helicopter in a, a horse that's like strapped to the bottom of a helicopter where you like Fulton that balloon thing that you know whips people out into the sky is, is unconvincing there's so many mechanics that I think kind of obliterate my sense of I'm not looking for realism as such but I think I am looking for something that's more like deadpan and a little um, more plausible I didn't have that I don't I did not have a problem with I think again like so much else in this game i think the spaces should be uh smaller i think they're they're kind of bloated um which at times feels good the first time you go into the maps pretty much feels good because the sense of distance is um is i think good in terms of like these the way you're engaging with enemies and these like little outposts especially in in the uh, Afghanistan level, but also Afghanistan is a pretty varied place. I think they could have um, geographically varied place. They could have had different landscape if they felt like it. But basically, to me, I think, well, again, in terms of becoming numb to things, I think the first few missions in each of the two locations, which this is like not something I would usually say about a lot of games, but it's just not enough. It's not enough for the variety that you need um and and even the the mother base itself i think the first few times you go to these places they really to me at least were very evocative of uh, not realistic but evocative of something i think the sandstorms and the um like getting off the helicopter calling in the helicopter and the the <coughs> the blades are like whipping up sand and you know snake is kind of covering his eyes um and when you get to uh, Angola slash, uh, I guess it's Zaire in this game, it uh, and it's sort of a swampy region on the border, and it's it it does seem kind of humid, and you know the mud almost feels like it just kind of you know smells kind of like wet mud, uh, and same with the the mother base in the which is out Seychelles I think, and the sun just seems incredibly bright and the water is just, you know, very blue and, and deep looking. And I think all of those things are like very striking at first. The more time you spend in them, they just become sort of like dioramas. But I, again, I think mm -hmm. that's like, because there's just, these games are, this game is just way too fucking long. Like it's just overextends mm -hmm. everything it does well to the point that the things don't feel like they don't have much of an impact they just become hollow over time yeah, everything feels like a hub to me in the same way of as like Ezio's house in Assassin's Creed 2 or um, Adam Jensen's apartment or something I, 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 they, they just feel like areas in which to house video game mechanics and mission collection points well, and what did you things think like that about um, 
because we made the decision not to have like separate because i think ground zeroes and phantom pain sort of make sense as i think you could write very specifically about ground zeroes i think it's most interesting in the context of the phantom pain that was originally what it was supposed to be was uh, a prologue to it um that you would play and then immediately start playing the phantom pain um so I want to make sure we, we touch on it at least a bit here. And I wonder what you think about their, uh, I think, what do they say it is? Just Cuba? It's called like Camp X-Ray or something. Um, uh. And I think they just say it's in Cuba. But it's, you know, it's it's supposed to be Guantanamo. And what, what you thought about that environment. Because I think there is a contrast there in terms of it's, almost more like an older <clears throat> almost like more like an older metal gear location in that like it's not so big that it doesn't feel like everything has been very deliberately spaced out and placed and um it just feels it has less of that kind of like here is a place for emergent game systems to to come about like it feels a lot more um carefully designed I feel about Ground Zeroes in the same way that I think I do about... Uh, Ground Zeroes is to 5 what I think 1 and 2 are to 3. And that what I mean by that is that the, the, the intrigue of the first two games is that you know we're, we're talking about spy games, games about espionage, games about conspiracies, games about hidden government and military forces, games about you know, and then and then go deeper. It's games about like uh, hidden aspects of the personality, uh, existential crises, people learning things about themselves. It's about like troubled pasts and trauma. And to me, all of that makes more sense and sort of flows more naturally through a space, uh, an environment, a setting that's like devoid from uh, a, a country that is you know isolated from uh, a sort of public or a um a, you know a, a large like geographical area They've so done that before though so often. i like you know well that's the thing so what that i'm getting to that so it works in, in one and two three is where i start to lose my footing with metal gear partly because the environment the the sort of world of that game to me feels um big enough that I find it hard to uh, kind of like track the journey I, I, I quite like the sort of the the sense of containment in terms of like how far Snake or right. Raiden has travelled geographically in those first ga- first two games whereas in three it all becomes a little disparate I'm not quite sure where I am in relation to where I started um, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a, I'm a bit of a sucker for kind of like if you think of like rhyming and sort of iambic pentameter and I like kind of coming back to an area later having you know a, a different view on it so like when you leave the torture room in the first game and you go back through the Shadow Moses base and now things are a kind of different in your head if not different geographically and it makes the environment look different when you see like the big shell at night when you've previously been seeing it during the day and it's like abandoned now because everyone's gone onto Arsenal gear and it creates this sense of like this very I think acute sense of like progression mm-hmm. and change whereas in the third game you know I don't think uh, someone is is 
I'm, I'm sure capable of proving me wrong. There's one environment that I know you revisit, which is the place where you meet Sokolog in the Virtuous Mission, and you go back there in the, right. in the game proper. But other than that, it feels like a, a really sort of A to B and no kind of backtracking, um, uh, kind of road trip. This one is covering like entire regions of entire countries, and I. I feel like I'm walking in, not exactly. I suppose yeah, in circles and just kind of wandering, and the, like the, I don't get a sense of. I I I'm, it, it's also a case of like genre, right? I mean, the first two games, or even maybe like the first three, or maybe even the first four, are much more linear, and um, I think you know shorter, more condensed. This is meant to be like an open world explorative game, so it's a matter of genre as well. But just in case, just in regards to what you're exploring, I don't feel like I'm moving very much. I don't feel like I am finding anything out. I'm not necessarily asking for like a big plot point every five minutes or a big character beat, but just just something new, just like a bit more flavor. You know, like every every scene in a film should at least have something that makes it distinctive from the previous. This game. Uh, and if the repetition kind of told me something like you know the repetition the the deadening effect of killing in spec ops the line or the the kind of the guilt that i think becomes that begins to set in as you sort of consume the world of shadow of the colossus or something like that if it had any of that uh i i would i would be a little more intrigued by it but i actually i i don't think that this game is as critical of sort of mercenary intervention or western intervention as all that because i think that ultimately it wants you to think that ocelot is cool and miller is cool and venom snake is cool and that you are cool i think that this is the game where it's 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 easiest to feel cool you know like just in terms of how you can move and shoot and maneuver and like upgrade your outfit and upgrade your guns and upgrade your horse and your car and your base and i think that it is the one that wants you to feel sort of well then we're cool more than any of the others i think we and right back in metal gear solid one with that stuff which i think also wants you to feel cool i think all the metal gear games want you to feel cool and then I think they also want to talk about <laughs> it's like th this is sort of what I wrote about the first Metal Gear that they're games that one of the I think really interesting things about them is that makes them feel very um, you know resonant to people who have grown up uh, <laughs> in uh, large you know, knowing that the, the wars that a lot of our countries have been involved in are, are sickening you know, and are useless and futile and are very cynical. You know, if you, the best excuses you can make for a lot of the wars that, you know, Canada or, or Britain have been involved in uh, since the Second World War certainly is, is that they are ways to preserve uh, an international balance that's favorable to us, you know? Um, that that's the i think the best you can say about uh different wars and then when you loop in america as well and it it becomes which of course we all have to live with 
um, becomes even more pronounced. And um, Christ, I think I lost my plot. What were you saying there? I was saying that it makes you feel oh. cool. I've got to, I one 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 thing. I'm just gonna sort of. I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly amend mm. that though. Um, because you said you know yeah the initial games do the same. They make you feel cool, which is true. But I I th- you might uh, maybe actually I'm, I'm not quite sure how much I agree with this point. But I think that in Metal Gear Solid Five there's a, a much more pronounced sense of strengthening just in regards to your base is getting bigger your armory gets bigger your money gets bigger your army gets bigger whereas in one and two mm. i think there's a sense of strengthening in so far as like after you beat each boss in metal gear solid one your life bar increases but i think the journey that the character goes on is one of um starting in like one place Especially in regards to the first game, as you know, the the renowned historic super soldier Snake, and then finding stuff out that like challenges that identity. But then again, in this one, similar thing happens, where the identity is thrown into question. So maybe there is like a process of weakening That's as opposed to strengthening. What I was going to say about the big, and and the point I was going to make about the the stuff is. You know, the, these games feel like they recognize, just to put it like as briefly as possible, because I was rambling, um, that these games recognize that we are um, essentially us and the generation before us, or generations that have grown up with a, a lot of us, especially who have been lucky enough not to um, have to experience war firsthand uh, in our own countries. We, we see it from a distance, and we see it through. Uh, Hollywood and video games and uh, all sorts of things that I think are often telling us that these things are not good but then we're also seeing things that make them look exciting and adventurous. It's like that old I forget who it is um, you might know this because I think it's from film that it's uh, some critic who said that it's impossible to make a, an anti-war film because war is always going to look adventurous and exciting, even if the movie is trying to tell you this is horrible. You know? Saving Private Ryan, mm. which has moments that are, um, I think, like, soul-shaking. Like when uh, Rabisi's character dies in the field. I mean, I know you and I have talked about mm. that before, maybe on the podcast. But that is, I think, something that really captures just how just awful this young person dying far away from home cold and alone and blah 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 but at the same time there's also some scenes in that movie that make you think you know this is pretty exciting what's happening here Um, Mm. and so it's almost impossible and I think Metal Gear has always been very good at well always it's been often very good at uh, especially in the first one of saying here's this iconography you know we think it's really fascinating too that this guy is going to rappel down the side of a, a tower in the snow while a Russian attack helicopter tries to kill him. And he's going to shoot down that helicopter with a fucking guided missile and then say a one-liner as he's walking away from the explosion. But we're also going to show that he, you know, has he lives alone in the Alaskan wilderness and has no real connections with any other human being and 
<clears throat> is deeply traumatized and has no sense of even who he is or what his purpose in the world is. You know, it's like the, it's always doing that. And I think that was a lot of the point of the phantom pain with the growth stuff is that, look, you're getting stronger and stronger. And then the mm. end of the game is saying, and for what? You know, none of it mattered. Uh, none of it meant anything. And I, I think, again, like so many of my problems with that game would be a really interesting message. I mean, it would be even more interesting if they hadn't already done all this stuff with Metal Gear Solid 2 in a different way. Um, mm. But if the game was a quarter of the length, I think that that ending, and if there was some kind of lead up to that ending rather than here you just mm. play <laughs> like four hours of missions that don't even give you new audio tapes anymore and you're doing the same things you've already done and then oop you got a cutscene um i mean the whole it didn't even matter it doesn't even matter to me that it didn't even matter because because the way that it's being delivered uh i i don't i don't really accept Metal Gear Solid 5's judgment of anything because I don't particularly enjoy or I, 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 I can't listen to it. I don't listen to it. I'm not I don't respect it. Um, and one of the reasons that I don't respect it, one of the glaring reasons that I don't respect it is one of the reasons that I don't respect a lot of the Metal Gear Solid games, which is the quiet character mm-hmm. you know, and by extension the way that it that the game sort of wants you to feel about um, that woman and, and by proxy women, um, and I, I, it's like an experiment in kind of how quickly you can strip your game of credibility, mm-hmm. very very quickly, uh, especially with in this game where it seems like. Like the thing I was saying too about there's this like I'm sure this is like a facile comparison because I'm not uh, I don't know as much about film as you do but like I think of the camera in this game as being like Paul Greengrass right like very like swaying around and trying to capture a sense that um, that things are more immediate and sort of more real by the fact that the camera is it feels like a human hand is holding and and flinging around and is confused and is like emotionally reacting to the things on display so it's definitely trying to be more grounded i think the idea to cast Kiefer was also an attempt to say you know uh hater although i think if he was directed well would not necessarily be like this but being like he's too cartoonish we need an actor who is is uh, going to give more depth to this role, who's going to have a more sort of like human voice, like Revolver Ocelot being Troy Baker instead of um, oh Christ, I forget his name. Yeah, Patrick Lane. So it's like we're it's so, like okay, well, let's take away some of these more cartoony voices and and try to make these characters sound more um, like like actual people uh, speaking naturally. And the camera work and uh, even the movement. I think there's a lot of 
and I think this is part of it actually is one of the best things about this game I think the animation the character animation is really great um, uh, for Snake the way he moves around at the beginning of the hospital the way that he uh, limps and, and falls over and, and then later when he's there's like a great feeling like the like his you can like kind of feel the belts on him and stuff as he's running and how sturdy his like combat boots are and everything um, but the game like wants to feel grounded and then that means though that if you say here's quiet you're thinking well what the fuck is this like it's it's um uh, it's like who framed roger rabbit you know like it's like your hoskins uh, all of a sudden where you're saying well here's this woman who's even more bizarre because she has like a face that is like looks like a human face <laughs> and then she just is uh, like this you know she's got these like lava lamp boobs like just kind of with minds of their own like flopping around like in this weird like jellyfish motion but then she's like making normal facial expressions and it's like you know people joke all the time about the uncanny valley but like it's it's bizarre like it's it's um Mm. it's impossible to concentrate on what's going on in the game when you have that and not to mention everything about what that signifies about the values of when she's the only on-screen woman character in this game other than the faceless murder squad in skin tight outfits you know it, it just says uh, it, it's it's like you don't need to dig deep to say this is a worldview being expressed here um absolutely i mean and she you know cuts around in a bikini uh she doesn't have any speaking lines until like late in the game you know she's not really given a voice um, there are scenes where you go and watch her taking a shower, and she's um, positioned as well yeah. as one of your companions who you order alongside a dog and a horse and a robot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of again, I sort of hit that point where, like, um, like we did with Peace Walker, where. What I feel and think about this game just sort of shrinks into nothingness because ultimately if that's the kind of thing that's going on I don't feel like it's particularly important to have any feeling about it. Just, it I can just ignore it. It's like Sharknado or you know like Epic Movie or Meet the Spartans or something. It's just like so puerile that I'm, I don't I don't, I don't care either way I mean I know that that's like a bit of a cop out I know that that's kind of a lazy opinion but honestly if I mean if I mean honest um, beyond the, the point of um, the stuff that we've talked about already and the stuff that I've written about there's not anything else that, that I'm particularly impelled to sort of think about Metal Gear Solid 5 uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't intend to ever play it again or talk about it again or think about it again. Afterwards. There are things in this game that I think are, again, it's like Peace Walker. Um, Peace Walker, I think, I mean, is is just discussing various degrees of bullshit. But Peace Walker, I think, um, is is sort of disgusting in very specific ways that make it to me more, even more extreme. 
um, with the character supposed age and and everything is just like reprehensible. I think starting this saying we're going to talk about all these games and we're going to make this book and stuff i mean i was always thinking that's part of what metal gear is is a series that Mm. and it becomes it's like the most striking example of this uh all the games with solid in the title of which there are six it's like three that you can really to me at least like go along with um three has is i mean one and two i think are both really some of the the best video games that have been made and three i think is is just a very good video game but it's like how often do you see just like <laughs> like you can almost like cleave it in half and be like <laughs> i thought about this mm. also reading our essays on it is is like um uh it's just like something happened uh but it was always there it's just these tendencies get so pronounced that it it I don't know i always the point is i always knew this was stuff that was here and that has to be discussed right and then it becomes an issue of uh what you're willing like what value you're willing to get like when you're being like quiet in this case it's like sharknado and yeah but are you willing to sort of like wade into the garbage to find the stuff that is valuable and then also then you have the doubts mm. about like it's like what we were talking about when we talked about peace walker of what does it say about you if you're willing to essentially say hey don't look at this garbage that is awful and look at this one cool thing you know because then it feels like you're mm. making a value judgment of what's more important mm. i don't know i think what happens uh, not necessarily what happens, but yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about Metal Gear Solid 4 and 5. And I was thinking about the way that the characters look. And to me, uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 and 5 feel like the kind of latter years of a long-running sitcom. When... I know what you mean. If you look at kind of latter friends, everyone is like much better looking than they were at the, you know, the first series. Everyone's like had their hair done, their teeth whitened. They're even more in shape. If you go and look at like Meryl in Metal Gear Solid Four and Naomi in Metal Gear Solid Four, they look like like perfect human beings. You know what I mean? They're like a sort of eugenicist's dream. Um, Otacon goes from this kind of mulleted milk toast in the first game to this like tall, svelte, uh, quite broad-shouldered, handsome man in the fourth one. Um, it just it almost and and I, I think what happens in sitcoms is you know that there's this is more advertising there's more money there's more viewers and so this is how maybe like the cast or the producers rise to try and meet uh, try it rise to try and meet expectations in kind um it feels like that is what happens with metal gear solid it becomes you know a, a chuck lore sitcom uh up to the point where you know where we get metal gear solid 5 and it's now the year 2015 and anything below 60 hours of gameplay plus replay value plus an online multiplayer plus collectibles plus customization is practically illegal it didn't have to um it didn't have to be that way though i mean 
something also we've talked about before it's like something that's admirable and to me this is always like the beatles thing that you want to see successful acts do um which is when you become pop stars don't don't just keep doing what you're doing to increase the success but be willing because you have people's attention and because people with money are are going to back you because you've done something but be willing to experiment to lead your built-in audience to interesting places or to at least be firm in the kind of artistic convictions that people who don't have success don't get to be as firm in it's like either you can be nobody or be enormously successful and get away with sort of being doing exactly what you want artistically and i feel like the phantom pain could have come out and been 12 hours long and people would have dealt with it you know but again i don't know and i also i know that this is beyond the scope of this but uh you know i think a famously kind of troubled production right this game so god only knows what was what was going on in terms of what higher-ups were demanding and and you know i think kojima's team built the engine for this game from scratch because konami wanted their own Mm. in-house that fox engine and you know so how much time and energy is spent on that and then but it, it the end result like how i always kind of feel about it is sure it can be interesting to know about those things i think our job as people who are uh being critics is not to uh necessarily evaluate you know things are difficult to make and lots of things happen uh but what we're talking about is what was what is given to us as the thing and to me this game just feels it's just like a mess it's just something that feels like mm. not sure of what it was doing um not sure like people were not saying you got to cut this or this is boring or and it it's almost like an indictment of it felt really weird to me when i wrote a review of this game and i had the lowest one that was out there for a while and so i got a, a torrent of shit for that review for a few weeks of like some of the most like some of the most um like vicious stuff i've i've had over years of doing this and it almost feels like an indictment that i'm not saying blah 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 my my view is correct obviously people can get things from this game that i didn't get from it but that everyone was willing to say look at this thing that feels like it wasn't finished that was kind of just like it's time to put it out because the money isn't there anymore. And this thing that I think Mm. most people, even people who really like it would say this game is, is really messy. And I know a lot of people love just the way it plays and that's enough for them. And I think that's fair. If that's what you, if that's what you're really going for. But the fact that like a video game studio could just be like good enough, it'll do fine. And and it's done and it did great you know like critically it was just like everyone was like this is the best metal gear solid feels like a whole thing like everything about this game when you look at it from that perspective it's just like kind of rotten like Mm. the fact that this is what 
Kojima who and his team who are sort of rock stars of the not rock star entertainment rock stars of of this industry and the critics who are here to talk about this um, enormous game and just that everyone involved and, and the people publishing it and just everyone seemed to just say who cares it mm, yeah it's the job. shooting feels good the movement feels good like it's perfect you know like to me it's just everything yeah. about it is just like it's kind of it's kind of gross feeling and i don't know if part of that is mixed up with my own like not feeling great about people saying not <laughs> saying some pretty uh horrendous shit to me about a review in which it, i gave it a 69 out of 100 which i think is like in retrospect i kind of wish it was 10 or 15 points lower i think it would be more accurate but um but anyway so i don't know if my personal feelings like kind of color the fact that when i think about this game as a whole it's it's place in metal gear it's place in sort of video games and for me metal gear is mixed up with video games because it's kind of been a constant of the sort of shit i care about and how i've been involved it's just like something that feels sad mm. you know yeah i do i do really know <laughs> right well uh on that note <laughs> on that note I think that's about as conclusive as it can get, to be honest. I rambled too much. I don't know. Like it's just. No, I I agree with I I. I just feel like um. I just feel like saying it doesn't change no, anything. No, of course not. Of course not. Um. <laughs> there's no there's no catharsis in it. There's no there's no of redemption in this, it. There's this no... stuff. I mean, I'm I'm adult enough to. Uh... And I've been writing about games and, and sort of squatty in my own little... <laughs> I mean, you, you live in this little fort with me of of trying to say, this one's good, this one's bad, this one is nothing. And, and saying, please, like, you can agree or disagree, but, like, we should care maybe a little bit about what's going on here and, and uh, things don't change. And I think that's why a lot of people who are in games burnout because it's hard to continue caring when the money machine just keeps churning Mm. and i think like looking for a way to kind of settle on metal gear it's like it sucks that and and the reason that like doing this book and like doing all this stuff i think is interesting to me personally is because metal gear for at least part of its life has so much like like energy to it and and shows a lot of what can be fascinating about video games and like provocative and um still incredibly entertaining as well and then by the time you get to the end of it it's just like yeah and there are traces of it so that's worse you know it's like Mm, again like mm. watching a return of a sitcom and it's like, oh, that mm. actor just said a funny joke, but none of this is funny anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still in there, but it's just not working. And mm. There's a woman in a bikini who doesn't get to speak who has 
weirdly <laughs> weirdly detailed breasts uh, floating up and down in front of her face. <laughs> I think that's a good way to, to end that show. <laughs> Let's leave it there. <laughs> right, well, uh, for more opinions, thoughts, uh, exegesis, exegesi on Metal Gear Solid, the series, the animated series, you can, uh, you will soon be able to buy OK Hero, uh, a book containing essays by Reed and myself on uh, Metal Gear Solid's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 and Peace Walker. You can go to bulletpointspodcast.com to listen to the other episodes on uh, the other Metal Gear Solid games. And you can follow us on Twitter where we may be discussing Metal Gear Solid. I'm at most sincerely Ed. Reed is simply at Reed McCarter. And if you want to support what we've been doing if you want to hear more podcasts like this or uh read more of the articles that we publish at bulletpointsmonthly.com you can go to patreon.com forward slash bullet points and if you have any money that you can spare and want to give to us then that's the place to do it and we appreciate very tremendously any donations uh but i think that's it i think that's the end of our metal gear solid podcast series it really feels weird do you feel like you've learned something? I feel like we've put on record things that we've probably discussed over the years a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, you true. said something about maybe we'll be tweeting about Metal Gear, I remembered. I don't even know if we had bullet points going at, <clears throat> at that point, but uh, one of us tweeted a Shakespeare quote with a picture of a Metal Gear, like with a Metal Gear screenshot. Do you remember this? It would have been no. a great. It would have been a lot better if we did it now. And there was like twenty things of <laughs> quotes from various Shakespeare plays, with the appropriate Metal Gear Solid image to accompany it. Oh really? Do they actually fit? I don't know. God only knows. It would be something like Polonius talking about, like, you know. Uh, all right, casual there with the Shakespeare. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 like no. But just a bit, a bit of prospero. No, but like, or like Polonius being like, you know, the the rules of life, and Polonius is dumb. And there's a picture of like, I don't know, fucking solid snake talking. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't mm-hmm. remember this. I got the memory of a goldfish. It just popped into my head. Well, maybe we'll revive this. Um... Can you just find it and then just redo it? No, because I I deleted all of my tweets. Yeah, clean. All of my old tweets. I had to clean out. Anyway, this is this is this is probably for like off mic. Yeah. (laughs) This is this is probably post show discussion. (laughs) Just just cut it before we start talking about these. Right. Well, that was that's bullet points. That was Metal Gear Solid. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I've been Ed Phantom Venom Punished Smith Reed you've been uh, what uh, laughing laughing Talk. octopus yeah Makata jealous lion I've been Reed sleepy kitten <laughs> 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 You've been Ed. <laughs> <laughs>
friendly puppy. <laughs> Woof. Uh, and on that note, we will be back with more bullet points in the future, but not Metal Gear Solid bullet points. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.